Welcome to Traveling for Work, a podcast where we hear fun, interesting, and adventurous stories from everyday people who need to travel for their work. I'm your host, Thais Miller. In this episode, we will meet Jeremy Miller, a senior scientist at the Allen Institute for Brain Science, located in Seattle, Washington. The Allen Institute for Brain Science, started by the co-founder of Microsoft, Paul Allen, aims to identify and characterize all of the different kinds of brain cells. Jeremy joined in 2011 and is currently working on understanding how cells of different types change in aging and Alzheimer's disease. In addition, he helps develop tools that allow scientists who study cell types to combine their findings across experiments and better share their results with the community. He is also my husband of 14 years. Please welcome Dr. Jeremy Miller. Thank you. <laughs> How did you get started in this business? So I've always known that I wanted to do something related to math. And so I basically did my undergraduate in math and astronomy, actually, um, and got assigned to a project in Los Alamos National Lab, where I did a postdoc uh, position that was studying the different uh, kinds of cells in the eye. Um, and this is actually the first experience that I had with, with the nervous system. And so after that project, I decided that I wanted to go into grad school in neuroscience, and uh, the rest, they say, is history. Why do you need to travel for this job? So there's a few reasons why I travel for this job. Um, the first is that I um, often want to present the results of my research with the public. And most of the time when I'm traveling, that is what it's for. I will be either giving a poster presentation or um, giving a talk at a conference related to one of the things that I'm working on. Um, I've also more recently started going to present some of the freely available tools we have online to the community. And so these are called workshops where uh, people will come and either just listen to me show to show off what some of these tools are, along with some of my colleagues, or in some cases, people can bring their computers and can kind of hack away on the internet while we're showing them. And then Occasionally, I'll be invited either to tour a lab and kind of give a presentation to a lab, or twice I've gone to do a seminar, a school in Germany where they basically trap us all on an island for a week, and I teach the other people there about how to about our tools, and they do a project. And you said you've been to Germany. Where else have you traveled to? Yeah, other than Germany, I've been to. I just came recently came back from Spain, from Granada, Spain, a couple weeks ago. I've been to Korea, and I've been to the Netherlands, and will likely be going back there this summer. Uh, and I've been to several places in the United States. There's a, an annual Society for Neuroscience meeting that rotates between Chicago, San Diego, and Washington, D.C., and in the past was in a couple of other cities. And what's been your favorite place that you've been to, and why? My favorite place overall was probably Korea because I guess it, it, it was in the city of Daegu, which is a bullet train's ride away from Seoul. I'd never been on a bullet train before, so that was fun. And it was, just was very different from any other places I've been before. How was it different? It was interesting because it had kind of this whole above ground uh, feel. And then when you went underneath 
in it was kind of a whole city unto itself. Uh, imagine going down a big escalator into the subways of like DC or I don't know if there's really any of those big escalators here in Seattle, but uh, you in in Daegu you basically walk down the stairs to go under the street, but then there's this whole market underneath where there's these hallways that go for I would guess at least a mile just below all of the streets where there are shops lined up and you can basically walk into the shops and buy them like a street market, but it's all underground. And so there's all this stuff underground that I was not expecting. I thought I was just going to be crossing the street and I ended up, you know, hanging out underground for, for quite a long time. Um, and then I, you know, I'd pop out and I would have no idea where I was. So it was a good thing that I brought my Google map uh, to be able to figure out how to get back to where I started. Google Maps also is not very accurate because those shops don't actually show up on any of the maps. So at least the streets were right. So I was able to make my way back above ground or below ground. In terms of the food, it was it was quite good. I like I like food <laughs> like that. Tell me what was uh, your favorite meal, dinner, or food from it. Describe the food. So. It was, I would say, to first approximation, similar to the Korean food that you get here. What's a what's a good staple that you tried that was really good? So there was some barbecue that, that I had that was good. I also had seafood, which I don't think I was really expecting as much. Uh, I, want, I, I was wandering around the second day, and I ended up looking at all the menus and accidentally finding myself through an entirely different route at the same restaurant I went to the first day that I can't remember what it was called, but they they had also soup that I really liked. It was pretty spicy and I don't remember exactly what else, but good. And you only get chopsticks. So I think that's probably not unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what's been difficult about traveling for your work? I guess two things. The first is that I have to leave my wonderful family uh, when I'm going on trips most of the time. Uh, occasionally, you can bring them along, but usually I have to beg permission and, and forgiveness or whatever the saying is. The other challenge is even though all the conferences are always in English, when I'm traveling to a country where they don't speak English, as a very introverted person, I, I often have a hard time getting around and you know getting across what I want. What I want. So I, I'd say those are the two two biggest challenges for me. Yeah, that can be tough. And we do miss you. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about traveling for your work? I'd say personally, my favorite thing is I do like to see new places, even even if I don't necessarily like getting around those new places, I like seeing them. So that's always fun. And it's always nice when I actually do a presentation somewhere to have people come up after me and, and just say, you know, I really like that. Or thanks for showing me how this works. I'm going to go bring it back to my lab. I've occasionally get invited to new places. I haven't actually told you this yet, Thais, but I, on my last trip, I got uh, invited to a lab in China. So I don't know how I'm going to respond to that one quite yet, but, but it's always good to, to hear when I make an impression with, with people. Well, that leads me to, have you ever encountered or interacted with a scientist or a local that has changed your life during your travels? Well, I hate to be the guy who comes on and says no, but <laughs> um, I have been thinking about this. And my first Society for Neuroscience meeting, this might even have been in graduate school before I, I joined the Allen Institute, one of the special guests. So they, every year at the Society for Neuroscience, they bring a few special guests in too. Usually these are special guests who are just superheroes in the neuroscience community. 
But one year they brought the Dalai Lama in to talk, and it was really wow. inspiring listening to, to him talk and give a, a different perspective of kind of brain science from what we typically would hear. I didn't meet him, so he's not someone I've met that has changed my life. And I don't really think that hearing him actually changed anything, but it was still inspiring to hear. Wow. Do you remember anything that stuck in your head from the Dalai Lama? No, I don't. It's been <laughs> it's been too long. I mean, it was it was very crowded, uh, you know, standing room only, and I I was not early enough to even get a seat in the room. But no, I don't. I can't think of any specific things that he said. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, what's your favorite memory from traveling? Where were you, and what made it memorable? I think so. My favorite mem my favorite memory from traveling at a conference is also from my first Society for Neuroscience meeting. For those of you who haven't been to one of these meetings, there's usually about 30,000 people that show up. Wow. Maybe at least, I, I would say at least two thirds of them will present a poster. And there's only a certain number of poster sessions over the course of the week. And so what this means is that there are only a few cities that have a big enough room where they can fit several thousand posters across multiple rows at once. And so my first neuroscience conference, I just remember taking the escalator down into this massive poster session where, I mean, the goal, the typical goal is to get 10,000 steps a day. But on the days where you walk up and down these poster sessions, you can easily get 30,000 steps. Wow. And, and that's like, why it's, it's hosted in San Diego and D.C., and Chicago. And Chicago. Yeah, those are there there are other reasons, but one of the reasons is that they're they have convention centers where they can open up a room big enough to hold this poster session. Oh. Um and just seeing it from, you know, I, I can't I can't remember which one. I think it was DC. Um it might have been Chicago, but basically going down an escalator and just thinking, wow, what have I gotten myself into? That <laughs> that was that was quite memorable for me. And I think I think many people who visit these large conferences for the first time get this wow moment. So is that your typical day like then you wake up and you go down to this massive room for this particular traveling and just go see poster sessions? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that I like about traveling for work is that I don't really have a typical day. Um, I would say usually the, usually if I'm going for a conference, they'll last three to five days, and on maybe one or two of those days, I will have something to do. If it's poster day, then yes, I will grab my poster, go to the poster hall and stand there for four hours, basically talking as people come by and ask me questions about what I'm doing. Usually I will go to lunch either by myself or with, with someone that I know. And then we'll, you know, in the afternoon, I'll sit down and listen to people give presentations on something that I'm interested in. Other times, if I'm doing a workshop, I'll have to go up go there early and help the excellent uh, events people who do actually most of the work setting up. I just have to sit there and make sure things, make sure my presentation works. But I'll, you know, I'll show up early and give a presentation to, to them. Some days I don't have anything to do and I'll go explore the city depending upon where I am. Nice. Um, What's been your favorite place to explore when you've had the time off? I know you mentioned Korea. Any other favorite places in because you've been mostly in Europe. Any European places you've enjoyed visiting? Well, the, the most recent one I went to, and, and therefore most memorable with, uh, for someone like me who doesn't always have the best memory, would be <laughs> Granada, Spain. I just came back from, and I got to go see the Alhambra, which is 15th or 16th century um, like Muslim stronghold. That they, As they were building it, they knew they weren't going to be there forever. So unlike some of the 
sort of more more recent Christian like cathedrals that are really ornately built. A, a lot of this was built, you know, with plaster and things that they didn't really care if people would steal when they got taken over. And because of that, actually, a lot of it didn't get stolen. And so it's actually still in pretty good shape wow. um, after all of this time. And so it was nice visiting there when I was in Granada recently. It, it was a much sort of bigger and older city than I was expecting in Granada in general, not just Alhambra. So it's always nice seeing those kinds of places. And what about Germany? You mentioned Germany. What You actually help tutor students with a project. Can you tell a little bit about that? And it's in an interesting location. It's it's run by nuns where you do it. It's not just a convention hall that you mentioned before. Can you talk a little bit about uh, Germany? Yeah, that's that's... I would say the most unique of my my work travels where basically I I fly to I fly to Munich. <laughs> I feel like I may have told this one before, but yeah. Just to me, not <laughs> to, to the audience. You. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I fly to Munich and then I either take a couple of trains or I'll get picked off up in a van for a, a couple hour train or van ride out into kind of the edge of to the Bavarian country. And then I go to a little ferry dock and take a ferry to this tiny island where that it has a monastery on it. I think that's the right word. That's run by nuns. Uh, the The head nun's name is Sister Scholastica, and um, you know she and the other nuns basically invite lots of different groups to their abbey. That's the word to their abbey to have these conventions where people can stay in the abbey and they you know they have a restaurant that they, that they serve. And you just have nothing to do besides <laughs> stay on this island that's less than a mile around and, you know, do. And this gives you the science. opportunity to inspire greatness in the next generation, right? Exactly. And so the this school it is the system genetics, I think for neurodegeneration, I think is what it was called, SGN. Uh, and there's about 25 students, maybe five or 10 mentors slash teachers where we will each spend some time at the beginning of the week telling the students about whatever it is that we work on. For me, it's it was the Allen Institute and most recently the cell type things that we do at the Allen Institute. And then the students get broken up into groups and they use the information and like the open resources that they learned about to come up with a project and to basically write a full paper over the course of one week on the project that they just came up with. These are not at that point ready to be published, but at, of the two times that we've that I've done this, several papers have come out of these projects that have wow. um, gone into you know get published in in reviewed journals after just you know a few days of learning about stuff and a few days of of doing a project. And you're usually with the students for seven days, is it? Seven days, and it's I mean all hours. Some. Some of the people stay up till two or three in the morning working on these projects. It, it's also interesting because, you know, we have all of these web tools, but because it's on an island in the middle of, of a lake, there's often challenges with internet, which can make it hard to, to do these projects. The first year, the, the main, the main uh, tower for getting internet to the island got struck by lightning a week before we oh, arrived, wow. and so, arrived. And so it was... Very, it was very slow internet. They told us to bring our to bring our information we needed on thumb drives so that we could pass them around when we got there in case they didn't get it working. I think it was a little bit better the second year, but it's it's always an interesting experience. And 
I'm still in touch with a few of the people from the courses that I've done one and I think six years ago. Wow. And you told me that uh, these nuns not only host these scientists, but also make their own marzipan. <laughs> yes, they do make their own marzipan. You can get it at the gift shop on the at the Abbey. Um, it's quite good if you like marzipan, which which I know I do. Uh, I I was very excited when he brought it home to all of us to to have. <laughs> uh, well, where can listeners go if they're interested in learning more about the Allen Institute? Yeah, so the Allen Institute. The main page is alleninstitute.org, which will tell you not just about the Allen Institute for Brain Science, where I work, but also the Allen Institutes for Immunology and Cell Science. And a lot of people ask, well, if I want to work there, where can I go? And it's the same place. There's, there's job openings there. There's also links to all of the open resources for learning about science from all of those institutes. The Allen Institute for Brain Science is Allen Brain Map is at brain-map.org. And that's where we put everything that either we already put everything or where we put links out to everything that, that you And it's always do. free for anyone to use. It is free for anyone to use, yes. And um, we encourage you to use it. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, over the years, many scientists have utilize this important tools that's come out of the Allen Institute, correct, for many of their scientific findings. Yes, that is true. Uh, we, we, and by we, I mean mostly Google Scholar, will keep track of the number of citations we have for papers. And, and some of our main papers that relate to these resources have as many as 5,000 or more citations. And so that, that just means that they at least are aware of the Allen Institute and have thought about us in some way and used us in some way in, in our research. The exact number of people who use the tools, I think, is and, and use the resources, I think, is a little bit harder to measure. We've also, uh, over the last summer, had a, a project to try and track down all of the other, all of the open tools other people have developed based off of ours, and there's at least a hundred of them floating around. So wow. we, it's hard to track these numbers, but but a lot of people are definitely using the Allen Institute's work. That's great. And is there anything I haven't asked you, anything you'd like to add about your travels or the Allen Institute or something that you're proud of when traveling? I think it's nice to be able to work at a place where when I say the name, if I'm in some random other part of the country or the world, especially at these scientific conventions, pretty much everyone's at least heard of it. Even if they don't know what we've done recently, they at least have heard the name. Um, And I think that's always good to hear. Every once in a while, in in non-scientific circles, someone will have heard of the Allen Institute, but especially in kind of the scientific circles, it's a well-known and well-respected place. And so I think that's, that's always nice to hear. We also have really good views of Lake Union from our our sixth floor. Yeah, the main floor is in South Lake Union of Seattle. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful building. If you ever go to Seattle, check them out. (laughs) Well, make sure if you check us out from the outside, anyone can come in. But from the inside, you need to know someone. So so (laughs) talk to your your favorite Allen Allenite and... They can. Is that what you're officially called? Allenites Allenites now. Yes, we had. We actually had a a survey of of people who worked at the Allen Institute about what we should be called a a year or two ago, and and Allenite was the winning name. All right. And and how many people are work at the Allen Institute now? It's really increased. 
It's about 800 now. Uh, wow. We've recently switched to desk hoteling. I guess that has the word hotel in it, so it counts as traveling. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we not we, quite. Not quite. Post COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's there's about 800 people who work there that share about six or 700 desks at the moment. Maybe 750. I think we've officially passed the number of desks for the number. For the number of employees now, wow. and have also moved to a second building nearby for some of the work that we do. Wow, I didn't know that one. That's great. Well, anything I haven't asked that you think is important? No, I, I think you've pretty much covered everything. <laughs> well, I mean, thank you. <laughs> it's so you said no. you're coming up um, on travel is going to be the Netherlands next. If you go, uh, what will you be doing there? It's not going to be a convention, is it? No. So this is for one of our large grants that we're on trying to map the cell types in the human and non-human primate brain and other mammalian brains. It's called the Human and Mammalian Brain Atlas. And one of the things that we wrote into the grant is that we, as a, as a collaboration of about 19 institutes, would meet once a year to talk about our progress. And the two or three groups that are in or near the Netherlands have agreed to host the meeting this year. And so anyone who's part of that grant, who is a, I guess, one of the main people, one of the main people involved um, has the option of, of going there and listening to what all the other people in the group are doing and to discussing how we can kind of better direct our, our research for the next year. And so I'm not exactly sure yet what I'll be talking about. Probably the work that I'm doing on on creating standards for how everyone can name and save their cell types. So we all are kind of talking about the same thing when we say, you know, what is a cell type taxonomy or what is a cell type classification? We can say, here's this thing. And when you see this thing, you may not know what brain region it's in or what species it's in, but you yeah. know what it looks like. So I'll probably talk about that. <laughs> or it's a little bit early now. I'm going to try and get past the, the next Society for Neuroscience meeting in D.C. in a couple of weeks before I start thinking about the summer. Okay, fair enough. Which country do you hope to be invited back? I know you mentioned Korea. Would you, if, would you do Korea again if they asked you back? I would. I mean, it's, I've heard good things about Australia. So I've, I actually did get to give, give a talk at an Australian conference, but it was virtual, so I didn't actually get to go there. But one of these days, I'd like to, to go to Australia. I, I would love that. <laughs> I think I might have to make that the, a family trip there. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me at Traveling for Work. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thank you for joining us on Traveling for Work. For more information about the Allen Institute, including job openings and educational resources, visit their website at alleninstitute.org. If you are interested in accessing the Allen Institute for Brain Sciences data and using their open access tools, visit brain-map.org. Please join us next time when we meet a 17-time Emmy Award-winning media content strategist, journalist, and podcaster who travels the world to report on the best stories. I'm Thais Miller, and I wish you all a very safe, fun, and exciting travels out there. <laughs>